But let me, let, let's get welcoming all the uh, website uh, family that's out there, a new creation fellowship on the website and the Facebook. Welcome. We're glad you're with us this morning on this uh, uh, snowy, freezing rain morning. Uh, but uh, the rain fell in the house. The Holy Ghost came, and we thank God that he poured out on us. Well, let's uh, look in the Word of God, if you would, please. Go to Proverbs chapter 18. Go down to verse 21. Title of the message, which I don't know if this will be the last, because there's so much that God has brought to me. The wind is blowing. The wind is blowing is the title of this message that God's laid on my heart. But we're going to open up with what Proverbs says, one verse. If you're there, say amen. amen. Verse 21 says, death and life are in the power of what? The tongue. The tongue. Look at your tongue. <laughs> it's hard to look at your tongue, isn't it? But there's power in it. The Bible says, and those who love it will eat its fruit. See, God gave us the ability to speak, to know words. There's no other creature on the face of the earth that's been given the ability to speak words, to talk the way we do. You may be seated. Uh, tell you a little bit of story, a true story. When we were younger, we didn't attend church. We didn't go to church until we got a little bit older. And so we was exposed to a lot of things. And there was one day that um, we was in elementary school. And the school we was in, uh, they didn't have a gym. So we was just farm boys because we was raised on a farm. And we was out. And one day my brother got mad. And the words that came out of his mouth, the teacher heard. He was taken to the principal. And at that time, the way they corrected those things, they took him to the bathroom. They got some soap and put it in his mouth, washed his mouth out with soap because he said some vulgar words, some words that was not very good because he was angry. He was coming out of that room. Where's the water? <laughs> I want to rinse my mouth out. See, that's what was happening with him. And that's the way they used to do. How many's ever had your mouth washed out with soap? Oh, oh. I'm looking around. Hannah, did you? Oh, you did? Did you do her? Oh, she's bad. <laughs> but it, it, it lets you know that years ago that they looked at it says, well, if we washed out your mouth uh, and get those words kind of cleaned up to let you know everything comes out of your mouth, says some things. I truly believe that God has a desire for, to use people to speak. And he wants us to speak. It's a communication way of doing that. Language is all across the, the landscape. If you go to other countries, you find that their language uh, is developed to communicate to one another. But I believe that uh, creatures like you and I, humans, were created with the ability, not like the animal world, but we speak a different language. And I truly believe we can speak the language that God wants us to speak. Thank God that God puts into us the power of what the scripture says. Death and life are in the tongue. Yes. Death and life. You can speak life into a situation. Jesus said this. The words that I speak are spirit 
and they are life. I speak into situations, not looking at a death situation, but looking as a life situation. You can speak that in every part of your life. You can look at it in your heart and say, that's not a good situation and speak death to it. Or you can say, life can come out of your mouth and you can speak that life unto that situation. See, it comes from the heart. Out of the mouth speaks from out of the heart speaks the mouth and you speak what God says. In the beginning, when God gave man the ability, as I lay some groundwork here, in Acts chapter two, verse seven, it says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living, King James says, soul, New King James says, being. When God created Adam, he breathed into his nostrils. This was the breath, or as the Hebrew puts it, the Hebrew word for this is ruha, which means wind or breath. One of the things that we notice that they do in the hospitals is that to make sure that you're getting enough oxygen, make sure you're getting enough life-sustaining breath, if you really want to put it in that way. But oxygen, they put something on your finger. If not your finger, they put it somewhere in your body so they can regulate and see how much oxygen you have going through your body. Without oxygen, without the air, your body will not sustain itself. That's the reason why when you come to a place of death, they watch your breathing. They put you on sometimes a breathing machine to help you get beyond so maybe you'll breathe on your own. If you don't, you will die. God understood that. But what type of breath did God, what type of wind did God breathe into Adam? It was not natural. It was spirit because God is spirit. And he breathed in him the breath of life. Not the natural breath we take in. Take a deep breath, if you would please, and let it go. That's natural. But God gave us a spirit. And God gave us that spirit that we can be like God in that aspect. He is a spirit. And so we have a spirit being. Thank God for his breath. See, God put his breath in our mouth. One thing I noticed, he told Adam and he told Eve, you shall have dominion. You shall have that area of authority over this earth. And then he told Adam, notice what he says. You shall name all the creatures in this earth. That's the reason why he says, oh, you're a hippopotamus. He didn't name him an elephantopotamus, whatever you call it. He says hippopotamus. Then he said elephant. The power of naming those things came about. And today we still have the same names to those animals as what was given in the beginning. See, the power that God given us today is to speak life unto people's lives that going through situations. Some people that don't know the Lord, they're in a death situation. Sometimes we could say it's a death spiral going down. But when God says, I must speak because when sin came in, we could not speak the way God wants us to speak because the spirit man kind of went into a dormant state, a death state. Because when Adam sinned, he said that God says, you shall die the day that you didn't. And his spirit man died. In Acts chapter 2, 
1 through 4. It says that on the day of Pentecost, a Jewish holiday, Jewish fest, festival had to come around. It says that on that day when it fully came, the Bible says that there came a sound from heaven. And the Bible says as a rushing mighty wind. What was that rushing mighty wind? Oh, thank God he did what he did because that wind was his spirit blowing upon those 120. That was the beginning of the church age as we know it today. Thank God the Bible says they were all filled with the breath of God, just like Adam was. Gave them authority to speak like God did upon this situation and that situation. Thank God for his word. Thank God for his breath. Thank God for his wind. The wind is blowing again. The church has been silent far too long. It's time we declare what God says. God loves every single one of us. Can I hear an amen? Amen. One thing I noticed that in the Old Testament, that Adam and Eve heard God. They would hear him coming in the cool of the day. Now, is that because he was walking? He was spirit. So if he's spirit, how could they hear? Because the wind of his presence would come in the place where they were at. How many have ever been in those services when you knew God had arrived? Amen. It wasn't because the praise and worship team have done such a wonderful job because God arrived. We can sing beautiful, but if God's not in it, it's just singing. Yes. If God's not in the preaching, it's just somebody speaking. But when God arrives, the wind of his presence starts blowing. Is this something that we used to say? You could feel his presence so much, it made you have goosebumps on the back of your head. Yeah. Felt like your hair was standing up on end because the presence of the almighty God come in. It's like a rushing mighty wind that blew it into the room. Thank God for his presence. But I truly believe in the last days we're living, his wind is blowing again. Yeah. And he's wanting to touch lives and hearts, fill you with his presence, fill you with his wind, fill you with his breath. The Ruhah, as the Hebrew would put it, his wind blowing in you because he breathed into Adam. See, there's a sound that comes from that wind. How many's ever heard the wind at night? You're laying in bed and all of a sudden the wind kicks up. It blows against your house. You can hear it. Sometimes you can hear the trees swaying in the wind. Sometimes you can hear the rain hit the house. 4.30 this morning, Martha says, is that rain that we hear? It wasn't just the rain. It was the wind that was blowing that rain. I truly believe God in these last days is breathing in a way of his presence that he's bringing that is going to be a wind. That's the reason why we can speak like God spoke. We can speak life, and that's what he desires for us, to speak into lives around us. They don't know life. They seem to think they know it, but they really don't. Until you come to know Jesus, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. You speak death or life. When you speak life, you speak Jesus. 
If you speak death, you speak the enemy. You speak what is around you. It's death, and that is separation from what life really is. But thank God we can speak life. In other words, we have the ability to declare into this earth what God says. Jesus, I told you to take a look at your tongue because there's power in it. But you have to go get a mirror and look at it. There it is. Tongue isn't very pretty, but it's powerful. One of the things we told, tell the kids, and I'm sure when Martha does, don't stick your tongue out. <laughs> Those kids, because they want to stick their tongues out. Yeah. But there's power when you speak what God says to speak. So it's so important that we understand that when we speak, it's especially a Christian, especially those that are Holy Ghost filled, and you've got the wind of God, you need to speak what God says speak. In other words, what we're saying that out of your mouthpiece, you'll speak prophetically. Because you're going to speak as God declaring. A prophetic word is declaring God's word, declaring what God has. See, I truly believe that it's time we promote the goodness of God. Isn't that the gospel? Yes. I don't, don't we just talk about the goodness of God? Look what he's done. You may be going through the hardest time of your life, but you start talking about the goodness of God, your mind changes. The situation changes. See, I can influence the places I'm at. I can walk into my workplace and everybody else may be down there. They're in a place that uh, it's doom and gloom. And all of a sudden you come in, you can change the atmosphere just by the way you talk and the way you carry yourself, the way you walk in. The breath of God can just blow in that room right away. I've had it done. I come in and people are just down in the mouth. They're talking about this. And I start coming in and he says, oh, here he comes. I know what he's going to talk about, the Lord. What else is there? There's life in the Lord. I've been called to speak life into every situation I go into. Went to the hospital many, many years ago when I was pastoring in another place. And all they was talking about says, this man had been on an alcoholic uh, uh, run for uh, all the, the years that he lived. He had ruined his liver and there was no hope. I walk in that room, and when I walked in the room, you could tell the doom and gloom was there. I didn't even look at the doom and gloom because the mother was in a distraught place because they felt death coming in the room. I walked in. The first thing I did, we need to pray. I went over, and that young man was just laying there. He didn't even know I was there. So I went over and started praying. And I started praying over that young man. I, I started praying over what the word of God says. I started speaking life in that situation. I didn't even stick around and visit. I didn't feel led from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was leading me. I had some other things to do. I says, well, we're going to continue to pray for him. As soon as I walked out of the room, started heading down the hallway. Here comes mama. Pastor Rick. I go, yes, she was yelling at me. <laughs> Nurses are going like this. She goes, he just opened his eyes. And the color come back to him. You know what it's like when you see the liver is not operating right? Your color has changed. 
become a little bit different color, orange and stuff like that. It come back to a fleshly color. And he looked up and he says, why are you here, mom? See, we can speak life or we can speak death. We can speak life to our situations, to our family, our friends, or we can speak death. We can speak in the, about the things of natural, or we can say, wait a minute, God's in control. Look what the Lord has done for me. He can do it for you. See, the wind is blowing again, and God's going to use his church. See, when the wind came on the day of Pentecost, they talked different. They acted different. They thought they were drunk, but they weren't drunk. They were under the influence, all right. But it wasn't drugs or alcohol. It was the Holy Ghost. People look at us, we're strange. All you want to do is talk about the things of God. All you want to do is talk about this, that. But you give them when they're coming down to the end of their road, that's all they want to talk about. I want to make things right. I want to get ready for the other life. This life will soon be passed. And only what's done for Christ is going to last. We must understand that. She has anointed us to preach the good news. The breath is blowing again from God. The wind is blowing again. Let it rustle a few feathers. Let it blow into the room. Let God come in. Thank God in this last hour, God is going to blow again. God is going to make the wind come of his presence. And people's going to say, I need that. Amen. I'm sorry, I was born in a fire, so you're going to get some fire. I know a lot of churches ain't prim and proper, but I'm telling you what, the Holy Ghost, when he places fire on you, it makes you move. Amen. Go to Ezekiel. A prophet was given a task. Chapter 37 of Ezekiel. We're going to read 10 verses. As we... Continue to lay the groundwork of what God is going to do and wants to do in this hour. He wants to use the church. Now, what's the church? It's not the building. Far too many people looking at the nice buildings. That's not the church. Say, I'm the church. We are the called out ones. We are the saved ones. God saved us. We're the church. When we get to heaven, is it going to be the buildings that's going to be in heaven? He's coming after the church. We are the church. Yes. Touch your neighbor says, I'm the church. <clears throat> Thank God for that. Verse 1 of chapter 37. Some call this the valley of the dry bones. Some call it just the dry bones that live. But let's look and see what the Bible says. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. 
Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put my sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, and an exceedingly great army was there. Now, as we looked what the prophet was given... He was given a vision of what was going to take place, a valley of dry bones. The valley represents a low place. How many have ever been in a low place in your life? The Bible says in that low place, that valley between the mountains or the hilltops was a place of dry bones. It described them. They were dry. They just weren't just bones. They were dry. How many ever felt like you've been in a dry place? Am I the only one? Sometimes I've gone to church before I was pastoring and before I really got into things and it felt like it was dry. I've seen people get in and shout and do everything else and says, what they got to be happy about. I was in a dry place. My bones were dry. It seemed like it, I couldn't even move and, and not have anything that I needed. It was dry place for me. But it also says these were very dry. They were sun-baked and wind had taken everything out and they were bleached almost to white. You know what that tells me? No moisture. How many knows the Holy Ghost represents moisture? represents water, represents a refreshing. In the day and age we're living in, I truly believe God is going to pour out on his church. That's what the Bible says. His spirit in such a fashion, in such a way that there's going to be those bones that have been in the valley that was once dry come to life again. That's talking about you. That's talking about us. The wind is blowing again. People are going to be looking for the wind of God, the presence of the almighty God, not to go to a meeting, uh, just to go to a meeting, but they're going to say, look what the Lord is doing in that place. Mm. See, there was no life, no strength, no refreshing with those bones. Something that had taken place. See, it's just like some that have gone into a dry place. You prayed and you prayed and you've done this and you've done that. And it feels like, God, you're not even around. But notice what he says. I want you to speak to them. He says, live again. You know what he was saying? Resurrection. Resurrection. You know what resurrection does? 
It brings life back to something that's dead. We serve a Savior that was dead but lives. You know what he's saying to us? Live again, church. Live. The enemy has tried to do everything he possibly can, but resurrection is here. God is raising up a church that's going to be a powerhouse. The wind of his presence is moving upon the church again. Thank God it's coming for every single one of us. If you'll believe it, the wind of the breath of God will make you live again. And the wind is in our mouth because he told the prophets, speak unto these. I'm representing a prophet today to let you know you're going to live again. You're going to rise again. You've been in a a dire straits. You've been in a dry place. You've been in a place that, you know what else it says? That these bones were not even together. They were divided. You know how many people are divided over this and that? God says, I'm bringing a people together. They're no longer going to be divided, but they're going to be one great army. Thank God we've got an army that's arising up. It's not going to be about this denomination or this belief. It's going to be God coming on upon the scene. He said, speak to these bones, resurrection. You shall live and not die. I'm speaking life, not death. This morning, I'm speaking into your life. You shall live. You know what divided bones reminds me of? No unity. They forgot their purpose. They forgot that they're under one. One thing I liked about the day of Pentecost, the Bible says that there were many that were in that room, 120, and they spoke the languages that was in the city They didn't even know the language, but they spoke it. You know what God says? No more shall there be a babbling. No more shall there be a tower of Babel where I divided the tongues, but I'm making one tongue. I went to Belize and we went to this one village and this one lady that she spoke in tongues and it was interpreted. And this lady started speaking in tongues says, that's the tongue God gave me. And I listened and I says, God, I'm not the only one who speaks like that. Thank God somebody else is speaking like that. And God says, we're going to have one voice and it's going to declare life, which is Jesus into the land that we're living into. They will know that there's still a God on this earth because the church is coming together. I'm talking about God's church, not the man-made church. There's a lot of man-made things going on, a lot of entertainment, a lot of manufactured things. God says, no more, but I'm going to pour out my spirit on my church, my believers. You know what? 120 revealed. The Bible says everywhere that the apostles went, said these are they that turned the world upside down. They influenced in such a way that the power of God was flowing through them. Even so much that even Peter's shadow was touching lives that was laid upon the streets that they were healed. Revival was happening because Philip the evangelist went to Samaria and everybody was getting saved, even a sorcerer named Simon. See, there's a world that needs to know that God's still ruling. God's still reigning. No more is we going to see in this last hour that the, not the presence of the Lord, but God's presence is coming to his church, to me, to you. Those that will believe that will say, I want to be filled. I want to be resurrected. I want the wind of God blowing over me. 
that ruhah that God talks about, the blowing into Adam he did, the blowing he did on the day of Pentecost, the blowing he wants to do in his church. It's the wind of his presence. When you walk in the church house, people can know the presence of the Lord is there. There's something different. You walk in the room, you carry the presence of the Lord with you, the aroma of heaven with you. You walk in, they can tell when you've been with God or you've not been with God. One of the things I remember growing up, my grandmother was a prayer warrior on my mom, my dad's side. And when I would walk up, and I said this before, and I would go to their house just to visit with them, as soon as I hit their driveway, all of a sudden, if they had the windows open, I could hear my grandma praying. And all of a sudden, I felt the breath of God hit me. It wasn't a natural breath. It wasn't the natural wind, but it was the Holy Ghost wind. I would step on that property, and all of a sudden, I had to stop because I was entering in where God was at because he had just arrived, and he was there with my grandma and my grandpa, and they were praying. I could feel the presence of the Lord. That's what's going to happen in this last hour. People's going to enter into those areas where you've been, and all of a sudden, the presence of the Lord is going to hit them. And they're going to say, we've entered into a holy place. Amen. See, where the Lord is, it's holy. Amen. Oh, we're on holy ground, church. <laughs> he told Moses, he told Joshua, take your shoes off. You're on holy ground because why? My presence is here. People's going to walk in. Those loved ones that's been lost for a long time going to say, you've been in the presence of the Lord. How can you tell? You don't talk like those around me. You've got something that's around you. It's powerful. The wind of God is blowing again in this last hour. He told the prophet, prophesy, prophesy to these bones. Can they live? He done a politically correct thing. No, he says, only you know, Lord. Then God says, then you prophesy because I'm telling you to. Not time to be politically correct, but it's time to get what God says. How many is wanting God's presence in your life? Amen. Something I notice in John chapter 3. When Nicodemus came to talk to Jesus, he says, we know you're a teacher from God, Jesus, Nicodemus told him. We as the other ones have noticed what you've been doing and how you've been thinking. And Jesus said, you must be born again. Of course, Nicodemus didn't understand that terminology, didn't understand what was going on. There's a lot of people still not understanding that. This is not about religion. See, when we get to heaven, it's not going to be the religion. It's going to be relationship. It's going to be what God breathes into lives and changes those lives. Thank God he changed my life. Yes. Thank God he brought me out of the miry clay, set my feet on the rock to stay. But Jesus said this, because he said, if this will be of spirit. And he, then he describes it. So you don't know when the wind's coming and you don't know when it's going to leave. You don't know what it's going to do when it does come. And that's the way the things of God are. The spirit of God is going to blow again. There's too many people that are taking what everybody else says instead of what God is saying. And I'm telling you right now, God wants to deliver out a sinful state and give you life that you can have life eternal. Jesus described that. There was another time that Jesus was out on a boat. And 
The boat was tossed to and fro because of the seas and because of the wind and because of the crashing waves coming upon it. And they thought they was going to sink. The disciples did. They woke Jesus up. He comes up to the deck and he stands there. He didn't argue with them. He didn't look at them, but he spoke to the wind. You know what the wind did? It calmed right down. You know what that tells me? He had a greater wind inside of him. The New Testament tells us greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The world's been blowing long enough. The things of the enemy has been blowing long enough. It's time we allow the wind of the Holy Ghost, the breath of God, the presence of the Lord speak out of us, blow from us. The wind is blowing again, church. David was in a place in a quandary because he was in a battle. And the King David was in a battle and God says, because he went and sought the Lord, he says, we don't have enough against what is before us. And God told him something. God says, I want you to hide under the mulberry bush. I want you to hide there and all your men. Just hide down, put your face down. But when you hear the stirring of the mulberry bush. When you hear the stirring of the mulberry bush, what was stirring it? The wind of God. The wind of God was stirring. He said, that's the time when you see and hear and you know that's going on. That's the time I'm going to give you the battle. See, God wants to give us everything, victory in our lives because we face battles. But God says, once you hear the wind of the Lord, then you know the battle is won because I've gone before you. I'm going to breathe upon the enemy. They're going to be confused. They won't know what to do because my breath's coming in. Can I tell you in this age we're living in, Satan himself, when God breathes and he blows, the enemy himself won't know what to do. He'll scatter from you. Aren't you glad for that? God knows how to scatter the enemy from your lives. Pastor, you get awful excited. You get kind of loud. Out of my mouth, out of this is the breath of God. The anointing brings that in a transition into that area. Something they said about Jesus when he calmed the waters. Never a man spake like this man. Never a man done it. They was amazed. You know what? When God fills you, because they looked at Peter, where is this coming from when he first done the first sermon? Conviction hit. They was convicted because they felt the breath of the Lord. It wasn't just in the upper room, but it was now inside individuals. Jesus had a greater wind in him. You have a greater wind in you. Let me say that again. You have a greater wind in you. Out of your mouth should be speaking out of the presence of the almighty God. Speaking life into your situations. Praying life into the situations. Not death. They shall live and not die. They shall be united, not divided. There shall be life. And the Bible says in Ezekiel, as we read, that there was a great army that rose up. 
And God put life in that army. There's an army in the land we have today called the church. The church is not dead and out. It's not on life support, but we are on the support of the Holy Ghost. And when God gives us breath, we're alive and we can move and we're marching through the land declaring what God is going to do and what God is doing in our lives and what he can do for others. I like with the prophecy that came at the end of last year for this year. There are going to be others because God's going to bring back to the righteous. God's going to bring to the righteous. Let me say this. God's going to bring to the righteous. That's you. If you are living for the Lord, you've given your heart to God, you're part of the righteous group. You're part of that righteous gang. Yeah, you're part of the hood. But he also said he was going to deal with the sinner. There's been many that have rejected the things of God. And God says, you've rejected long enough. No longer will you feel my presence, but I'm going to give it to the righteous. I'm going to blow on them again. God is preparing this whole year. God's preparing us to receive and preparing that when the harvest comes in, because there's a harvest coming in. Do you believe that this morning? God is sending us to the fields and telling us that the harvest is right before you. Get ready. They're coming in. They're getting ready to come in. These seats, we won't be able to hold them. Do you believe that, Pastor? I'm speaking this into existence because God says they will come in. They want to hear the word. There are those that's been sitting around. They want the real, not the phony baloney, not the things that is not real, but they want the real things of God. Far too many people just come to church and they just, or come to a meeting and they, they just pump me up. This is, but it's not changing their lives, not changing their situations. God wants to bring them out into a place of living, a blessed living. That great army was arisen in Ezekiel's time. God is speaking today. But he said, speak out of the four winds. The four winds. What does the four winds represent? How many knows when they talk about the winds from the north, what happens naturally? It's going to be what? Cold. But they said, we've got a southerly wind coming up. What does that usually represent? Warmth. East and west, they come in. They move different direction. Usually we have a west wind that blows in our direction. But every time when the east wind comes, it brings storms. God has said, In representation, speak to the four winds. Speak to the four corners of the earth. Speak to those that will hear. He's not talking about the natural wind. He's talking about those things that God wants to touch, those lives and those areas. See, we have the four gospels that's going out. That's the good news. We're going to be touching the four corners of the earth. Am I prophesying something God's going to do in this place and how this place? Yes. We're going to be touching the four corners. We're already touching lives and areas because of the internet and because of the Facebook. But I believe God wants us to expand. Do you believe that this morning? God is bringing together a people that wants to work together, not apart. We're no longer divided, but we're going to be a, a part of one. His name is Jesus, his purpose, his plan for the the church. They want us to go further than we've ever gone before. That's what God wants us to do. He says, I'm sending out that you could do greater works than I did. 
God's going to open some doors where you never thought they'd be open. And God wants you to speak to lives and hearts that seem to have no hope. They've been dry. But God wants you to speak resurrection. Prophesy over them. You shall live. You shall not die. And once you start obeying what God says, watch what happens. God brings things together because the Bible says that he brought flesh, sinews. He brought the bones together. He brought everything that needed to be brought. But then he breathed into them. He said, speak to the wind. Speak to the wind. He said, prophesy to it. I believe it's time we realize who we are in Christ. Our identity is not in ourselves. Far too many people are looking at just me. No, you're a changed person. You're no longer that individual you used to be. You are a changed individual. My identity is no longer in this, of this world, but it's in Christ. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. But there's going to be some people you're going to speak to, they want to stay bound. They want to stay with those demons. They want to stay with the things of pleasure. But God will get you to some places that they want, they need, they desire. They've been in a dead, dry place for a long time. Speak to them. Tell your neighbor, says, it's time to speak. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Stand to your feet if you would, please. The wind is blowing again. The wind is blowing again. Just like the day of Pentecost, the wind is blowing again. The wind is blowing again. The wind is blowing again. Just like the day of Pentecost, the wind is blowing again. I truly believe God is blowing upon this generation of church. He's raising up a church. They've been longing for something. They've tried this and tried that, and it's not working. But God is bringing you up. He's raising you up. You felt like you've been in a dry place, but I believe God is going to pour on you such life and such areas that the moisture will come back, that you will feel strength, you will feel refreshed, you will feel God's power, and God will bless you in such a way. Aren't you glad for no God knows how to do that? But you got to desire that. God, I want more of you. Blow on me again. Breathe upon me. Let the Holy Ghost breathe upon you. And sometimes I found myself because I said, God, fill me up again. And he had to refresh me. He had to take me into a place he breathed back into me again. See, I don't take a breath and that's it. I take a lot of breaths. How many knows that sometimes you got to breathe more than so many minutes, so many breaths a minute? you got to breathe the things of God. And God wants to set you free. God wants to give you what he has. I've seen people come up and they have an emotional experience. That's all it was. They boo-hoo and cry because they're going through something. They feel guilty about it, but that's it. God don't want you to just feel guilty. God wants to set you free. That's the good news of the gospel. That's redemption. That's resurrection. That's what God wants to give. 
He told, Jesus told uh, the sister of Lazarus, she goes, he stinketh by now. Yeah, it may look like it's down and out, but I'm telling you, when Jesus speaks, there's life that comes. And God says, I've called you to speak life unto this generation. Speak the good news. You shall not die, but you shall live. Speak over your home. It shall be a godly home. Speak over your children. Speak over your spouses. Speak over the generation around us, our community. It shall live and not die. Mm, am I the only one feeling this? The wind is blowing again, church. God is pouring out from his spirits. He's blowing, he's blowing, he's blowing. Thank you, Father. Too many times people are looking at the natural. Forget the natural. You need the things of God. You need God to pour out upon you. I need a refreshing. I don't know about you. Pour out upon me, God. If you need God to breathe upon you again, I want you to get out of your seat and come up. Get out of your seat and come up. Just raise your hands so God feel me again. 